Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's our fake ad. Today's show is brought to you by Gaucho Pants. Miss the feeling of constantly tripping over your own pants and looking like a chubby cowboy? Give Gaucho Pants another chance. If you're an advertiser and you want to work with us, contact us at FYI at She's Thank you. We're human beings. We're valuable to this world and we're giving a lot to it and we want to be valued in it as well. Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll talk to Melissa Gibson at Yours Truly Melly on Instagram, a body positive scholar and future lawyer about the roots of the body positive movement, the problems facing us today, and how we can make this community even better. We'll also cover the TV show Younger and some great Twitter follows. Okay, April, what have you been really into this week? This week, I'm obsessed with the television show Younger. Please mm-hmm. tell me you've heard of this. I've heard of it, but I've not watched it. And why have you not watched it yet? Um, because I'm busy doing this doing podcast. This podcast? <laughs> Somehow I'm caught up on every single episode. I, well, the difference between us is I sleep. Mm, yeah. Why would I sleep <laughs> when there's like quality television being produced? I only watch, I almost always only watch TV shows when they're done. Like mm. I watched all of Buffy. After. now yeah <laughs> you makes know sense, or sense. like all of the x files now i see okay well for our listeners at home if you i don't know care about keeping up with like <laughs> popular culture at all mm-hmm. um younger is an incredible show so it's from the creator of sex and city darren star it's on tv land which is weird yeah, it's but weird. It, it's about their new their rebranding so of course steve land used to be like uh, three's comedy reruns, you know yeah. the deal. And now they're like, no, we're hip, we're cool, we're doing this show about a woman who is like in her forties. She worked in publishing, but then she got pregnant when she was like twenty four. Decided, I'll put my career on hold to be a stay at home mom. Then her daughter goes to college. She's she's done raising her, and she's like, I want to re enter the world of publishing. And they're like, no, bitch, you're old. Like nobody, <laughs> we don't know. Like you have no experience. You don't know what Twitter is. Like there's no place for you. And so her friend Maggie, who is her roommate and also a cool lesbian who lives in like a cool loft in Brooklyn says to her, hey, with some concealer, you look like you're 26. She's like, oh, really? And there's an amazing <laughs> montage in the pilot where they, like, teach her who Harry Styles is. And she, like, gets amazing. highlights and gets skinny jeans. And then she starts going interviews, and she's like, I'm 26? And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, And to give her credit, Sutton Foster, the actress, like, in the right lighting, like, yeah, girl, you look 26. Yeah. So um, they buy it. She gets a job. She has to keep up the ruse of like being young and has to lie to all of her friends at work. Only person who knows the truth is her cool roommate. And so it's about like ageism and like taking back your life after putting your life on hold for parenting and fashion because it's also the same fashion team from Sex and City. So everyone like looks incredible. (laughs) It's so good. But yeah, I consider like shows like ugly betty gossip girl jane the virgin crazy ex-girlfriend this show is my like comfort shows where i like put on my little snuggie and i watch shows about like ladies at work <laughs> like i really like that amazing makes me happy and i love the relationship she's like in a love triangle with a younger guy and an Ooh. older more age appropriate guy and they both don't know how old she is it's incredible so if you haven't checked it out know. please check out younger y'all season five just got greenland like you're late um so sophie please tell me what you're obsessed with <laughs> Okay, so I just like to give a shout out to a couple people I follow on Twitter who um, I talked with. They don't follow me or and like we're not mutuals or anything, but they they all tweeted a couple threads about various issues that I'm interested in and 
we had some really good back and forth where I felt like I learned a lot and got some really cool resources. So the things we were tweeting about were all basically like I spend a lot of time thinking about how I can better write and write about and represent like different diverse experiences in my like freelance writing and in my fiction writing or my novel writing and there's like a lot of conversation on twitter about there's this hashtag hashtag own stories like own stories so it's about when people write when people when authors are credited or published who write about their own experiences Mm. so like one of them this person at era brand at era brand and we'll have all these in the show notes um uh, they are autistic and um they write a, a lot about like autistic representation in media and mm. so like recently for example they were talking a lot about that new netflix show oh atypical atypical mm. and then also the like new sheldon show and stuff mm. and they just um had a lot of good resources about like oh twitter you can follow this twitter chat or whatever for because i'm always interested in learning more about how i can like both portray the diversity of my world accurately while not co-opting experiences in an inappropriate way. Mm-hmm. And then another person who's really good at that on Twitter is at Anna Mardol, A-N-A-M-A-R-D-O-L-L. And they write like little fiction stories that are really fun and cute. And they also tweet a lot about trans and queer rep in various things. And then the last person who I just met this week, they're at TG Stone Butch, and they also write about similar things. It's also interesting, a lot of these people who talk about representation, they have bigger stuff they work on and they have all this academic stuff, but they also write a lot of erotica or fan fiction, mm, essentially. Cool. Which you is know kinda, I love fanfic. It's kind of funny. Half their tweets will be like, listen, this is not cool. And like, here's how we need to, f-. and then half of it's like, here's my like centaur, like oh my AU fic. <laughs> like, I, wait, so how do you find these people? Like, how do I get in the right Twitter circle? So I found a lot just by, you know, on Twitter when you follow someone and it's like suggested follow, but they are, one of the best hashtags is that hashtag own voices, mm. which is like, you'll go in there when they're having chats or I'll post in the show notes too, um, at TG Stone Butch recommended a bunch of other Twitter chats for me and so did at era brand about specific issues where you just like follow the hashtag and you see like who is saying stuff that seems helpful or interesting to you so yeah I'd say that hashtag own voices chats are really good for people who are interested in creating more representation in your writing in a responsible and authentic way Mm -hmm. I'm specifically interested in neural or mental differences you know so like different kinds of mental illnesses or mental health things or or just what's the word it's like neuroatypical stuff and also in queer representation it feels like something I haven't done a lot of research in so that's why those three in particular are ones that I am interested in this week very cool (laughs) speaking of shout outs we're we're also obsessed with these people who left us a review on apple podcast so our shout outs this week go to just Cal Nine, that's my friend from college. Hey Justin, thank you so much. Thank you. Do you want to read the next one? Gallatin grad. Thanks, Gal. Don't Who's know that? if you're a lady. I'm sorry if I missed. No, I think it's Gallatin. Yeah, I know it's a school, but I'm also like Gal. Do you know someone who went to Gallatin? I don't know that person. What is Gallatin? I who are you? I, I, please identify yourself. <laughs> thank you so much for your review. Um, Danny Roxanne, that's uh, our friend Danny of Daisy LA, who has her own little fashion brand, like nice. Lady Bus Fashion, everything, <laughs> co-working spaces. Thank you so much for listening, Danny. We love you. And check out Daisy LA, guys. Get yourself a handcrafted tea. You're yeah. missing out. You truly are. <laughs> um, last shout out goes to Iron C. Wad, who commented with lots of black hearts, Thank you so much for your black hearts. Thank you so much for your review. We appreciate you. If you'd like to have a shout out here, um, then leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app and uh, we'll talk about your name. Thanks so much, guys. (laughs) Okay, so now we have some corrections and announcements. Um, First of all, I have a correction. 
I got several texts about this mistake. Um, I said Annette Benning stars in How to Get Away with Murder. She's this character. Um, her real, the real character name, it's not her, the actor's real name even. It's just the character's <laughs> name I got wrong. It's Annalise Keating. Not sure exactly how I mix those up. I mean, it's close, but it's just Annette Benning is, again, a white actress married to Warren Beatty yeah. and not Viola Davis. Okay, well, I would just like to say you did not notice during the episode recording as well. No, I did not. So I would like to formally apologize both to Annette Benning and to Viola Davis. And um, let me play this little clip. So when in doubt... Shut your mouth. And that's what I should have done. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe you're really doing this. Um, Okay, well, while we're making announcements, we'd like to announce our launch party. That's my uh, shoe horn. Shoe horn? Shoe horns for shoes, right? Next episode, I'd like to formally (laughs) apologize. (laughs) We'd like to announce... April doesn't know what a shoehorn is. That was my me doing an air horn. I uh-huh. do apologize for that. Um, we'd like to announce our launch party. If you guys are in LA or Torrance, even Long Beach would be worth it. Orange <laughs> County, make the drive up. We are having our launch party at Welcome to Junior High, which is a super cool art space in Hollywood. Um, but it's going to be one week from the day that this episode comes out. September 28th. That's a Thursday. Um, come out. We're going to have treats we're gonna have snacks we're gonna have people being cool we're both gonna look very cute i'm gonna put makeup on <laughs> it's a rare event <laughs> I genuinely never try so please come out we're so excited to to celebrate us beginning this venture yeah and doing this pod upright so yeah. please join us yes there will be a facebook um event link in the bio once i create that yeah (laughs) cool okay i think that's we covered everything so now i think it's time to chew the fat don't you yeah let's do it okay so this week we have a very special interview with melissa gibson aka yours truly melly let's chew the fat chew the fat Okay, so we had a great interview with Melly earlier today. Um, we wanted to cover a few introductory topics before we get right into it. Yes. So a big thing that we talked about with Melly that you guys will hear is the difference between body positivity and self-love, which if you guys notice in our little tagline, we mentioned both of those, but they're two separate things. Um, and to us, self-love is like looking in the mirror. I look cute today. I like my gut. My skin is perfect. That's my personal thing is I do, in fact, have perfect skin. Um, whereas body positivity is like the more political minded idea that, you know, the way that you look should not dictate the way that you're treated. And that is about fatness, but it can also be about your age or your race or your gender or any other reason you could be marginalized by the body you live in. That movement is about removing that marginalization. Yeah. So I'd say like in general, um, body positivity is about treatment of yourself from the outside in and self-love is about treatment of yourself from the inside out. For sure. So I have a little uh, research tidbit here. So there's um, an organization that is from, I think, the 90s that's like kind of this next wave of body positivity after fat activism in the 70s. Um, And it's called The Body Positive, and the founder of it, her name is Sonia Renee Taylor, um, in The Body is Not an Apology, which is something she wrote, she says, simply feeling good about one's body isn't enough to dismantle the systems of oppression that come against bodies. So that's kind of an example of how we differentiate between body pause and self-love. feels to me a lot like how I was teased a lot as a kid, and a lot of times teachers would say, well, they can't hurt you if you don't let them. And I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. Like he just punched me in the yeah. chest. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course he can hurt me. Yeah. What are you doing? Protect me. Body positivity is not about taking a bath. It's about no. fighting for representation, fighting for legal rights, fighting for kind of equality and fairness for all marginalized bodies. Totally. Just the idea that, okay, I think my stretch marks are cute. That's all well and good. I go to the doctor and he still just assumes I have diabetes, (laughs) regardless of how cute I thought I was that morning. And that's totally allowed. And he treats me a different way based on that stereotype he has. And that is what body positivity is all about. Getting rid of that. Yeah. 
We talked to Melly earlier today about that. We wanted to give you that little definition up top. So we both followed Melly before we started this podcast. She's like one of the bigger Instagram body positive elite people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a lot of followers and she has a lot to say. And we both spent a lot of time reading her captions. She spends a lot of time writing about the problems within the body positive movement and also she spends a lot more time than I ever would in the comments talking to people back and forth and she just did her master's thesis in body positivity in Louisville. Louisville. I can't say it. Oh my goodness. Louisville. Louisville. Uh, (laughs) A lot of Melly's work on Instagram, if you guys do follow her, which you really should, is calling out the problems in the body positive movement, which does exist a lot online. And it's kind of this thing where it started as for marginalized bodies and kind of dismantling the oppression against people with marginalized bodies. And now if you go on the hashtag, it's like, a white girl who's a size eight and she has like a single skin roll and she's like hashtag body positive hashtag <laughs> I like I'm not fat I'm cute like yeah. hashtag and it's just like I you know we're not here to invalidate her experience but also it is interesting that but that's self-love it's, it's self-love and it's not... <laughs> the fact that that is like the most popular type of body positive account shows that we are now putting a preference on the same type of bodies that are preference outside of the movement which is just like blonde white girls like when can we escape the blonde white girls yeah you're all your positionality is already that you're privileged by this nobody is saying you shouldn't like yourself but you're not a hero for liking yourself when the whole world is like like yourself and you could be using that voice when everyone's already looking at you for being an Aryan queen you could use that voice (laughs) to like no truly you could use that voice to amplify the voice of a person of color or a super fat person or you can talk about how you like your single stretch mark. You yeah. Know? <laughs> this is a call out. Like, yeah. what's good? Yeah. So for our listeners who are thin or white or cis or able-bodied or neurotypical, if you're feeling like, but I want to be a part of this and you're telling me I can't be a part of it, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that you need to look at your role and make sure that you're being an ally And you are centering the people who are truly marginalized by society. Once again, you can use hashtag self-love as much as you want. Literally anyone can do self-love. That is fine. That's about you and yourself. But just like try to be like, hey, I'm being body positive by supporting people who need to be supported in this. But you're absolutely part of the movement. It's just like you don't get to be spotlit, basically. That being said, we talked to Melly about everything we just talked about so let's with with that definition being out there and also if you guys have any questions about that feel free to send them to us we won't think any questions are dumb or we won't say that any are dumb on air <laughs> but <laughs> email us your questions fyi at she'slovefatpod.com we're happy to clarify and talk more about it because i do want all of our audience to feel included and like you're a part of this and you can do something within it so let's listen to some of that talk we had with Melly right now Hi, I'm Melissa Gibson. My um, Instagram handle is account is um, at yours truly Melly. Um, truly is spelled wrong because unfortunately the correct spelling was already taken. It has an extra oh. e. Can you talk a little bit about what you do? How you got to be doing your master's degree? Like what brought you to it? And how you feel like your Instagram mm-hmm. account came to be the way it is now? So I started my Instagram account about this time three years ago. I just started posting pictures, like literally posting full body pictures, which I had never done before. You know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. this is, I think I look cute in it. I'm going to post it. And, you know, that was really radical for me. That was like, oh, I mean, because I was selfie queen, if that, you know, I would take a, a self, a face picture all the time. But posting a picture of my body was a completely different thing. And So it was just like really bad lighting photos of myself in different outfits that I was starting to buy because I was, my fashion was changing. You know, I started wearing red lipstick, stuff like that. I just started posting these pictures in swimsuits, everything. And it just slowly grew from there to where it is now. And along the way, I realized, oh, this is like actually a thing. You know, this is something where people are starting to come and they want to get my opinion about marginalized bodies. They want to get my opinion about body positivity or ask me about it. Like they're looking to me as an expert. And I was like, okay, well I need to be an expert then if I'm going to actually talk about this. (laughs) So I actually went back to get my master's so I could research body positivity 
I wanted to make sure that what we were doing was something that was actually changing the way the world saw bodies, saw fat bodies in particular at the time. And there was a lot of models. There's a lot of people doing fashion blogs, but there wasn't really anyone looking at it academically. And I've always really been um, academically minded. And I was excited about that. I guess my body positive philosophy comes a lot out of um, queer theory, you know, that talks about power being in how we challenge norms. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's just us existing and showing that we're not all the same and showing that we are worthy of this space we take up, worthy of having our voices heard. Our stories aren't abnormal, but the world has made them abnormal. You know, our lives are just as valid and just as important and just as um, typical, I guess, as anyone else's, but they're not the ones that are being told over and over again. And they're not the ones that the, that society has created the world around. Yeah. How do you, do you have um, any situations where you would see the application of both your like background Mm -hmm. in body positivity and in the law? The conversations I have with other law students and other lawyers eventually say, like, just because it's that way doesn't mean that that's right. Mm -hmm. And how do we challenge that from our stance? You know, specifically, I think about trans folk, their whole right to be recognized as who they are Mm -hmm. and the gender that they are and how often what happens is lawyers will get a case in front of them. And they will decide, okay, this is how I need to argue my case to win it without ever thinking how that case, how that argument might hurt other marginalized people. Yeah. I love uh, marriage equality, but the way that they argued it actually really hurts trans people because the precedent is there that, you know, the whole, like you're born a certain way. So I think, it's having to think beyond the case that's right in front of you and mm-hmm. think about differing perspectives and just bringing that to your work is really important. So I feel yeah. like that's so true across a lot of kind of seminal justice court cases. The mm-hmm. same was true of Brown v. Board of Education. The mm-hmm. way that it was argued ended up having so many negative impacts because exactly. it's such a lawyer game of being like, how can I use these specific things to blah, 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 instead of being like, what's actually... Right, which I understand yeah. why the laws aren't set up that way, but it's still like... And for the media, it's easier to understand a case as this is an overall victory than to get into the nuances of it. Yeah. So it's important yeah. to hear from someone who's like studying it how these actual cases have real-life ramifications beyond just getting this new right. I think a lot of people kind of just go, well, that's the way it is. That's how we do it. That's how we do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. we don't have to. We could be more thoughtful, etc., Are there any legal protections for weight discrimination as of now? No. Even talking about weight discrimination is something that there's not much research out there that's been done. Yeah. You know, there's not this canon of things that we can just default to and say, this is where it is. Now there is some, but it's just now through fat studies kind of getting some traction, but it's still not even fully accepted in women's studies where we try to be really intersectional and that's often left off the table, you know, when we're talking about marginalized people. Totally. For a lot of our listeners at home, we're trying to think of the people who aren't on Instagram, aren't getting into the whole body positivity movement. So because of your expertise, do you think you can give us like the best definition of what body positivity is and a little bit about the origin so we kind of know where it came from? Yeah, absolutely. When I think about the origins and what it's meant to be, I think it's a movement for people with marginalized bodies. So we're talking people of color, we're talking trans people, we're talking disabled people, fat people, and aging people. And of course, there's other people that can be brought into that that I'm probably leaving off the list, but those are the five main areas. And it's about saying we exist in bodies where people make assumptions and judgments and have stigma against our bodies just because they look at us. But it's about saying that that doesn't define us and how do we fight back against that, reclaim what we need to reclaim and get the agency to live in our bodies without 
being discriminated against. We aren't abnormal. We are normal. We're, we're human beings. We're valuable to this world. And we're giving a lot to it. And we want to be valued in it as well. It's just, it's telling a different story of our bodies and who we are because of that. When it was first birthed into the world, what do you think some of the um, first goals of it were? So body positivity comes out of the fat liberation movement, which actually started back in the late 1960s, early 1970s. It was a feminist movement of people who were fat saying, we don't want to be treated the way that we're treated and we're going to talk about it. And they did some demonstrations. They actually wrote a manifesto that if you look up the fat liberation manifesto, I think we've carried that on into body positivity. And so body positivity, the movement, you start hearing about it in the like 2010, 2011. And it's kind of the modern manifestation of that, um, of the fat liberation movement. And I think it's become inclusive of all marginalized bodies, but it kind if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Comes out of people just starting to talk about it online and writing blogs and taking pictures and saying, I'm who I am. I don't have to be, you know, wearing the frumpy dress in the corner. I don't have to hide. I'm going to talk about how I'm intelligent or how I'm active or how I'm, you know, happy and in love or whatever it is. And in that sense, because it's people with marginalized bodies, it's very political. It challenges people to see the world differently and see fat bodies and disabled bodies and so on differently. Yeah. Um, and that's really powerful. It's obviously a good thing that we've expanded or folded in fat positivity into more inclusivity of other marginalized bodies. While we're trying to be inclusive of all different kinds of marginalized bodies, how can we make sure that that doesn't just develop straight into like inclusive of all bodies? You know, like how yeah. do we keep the focus on marginalized bodies within body positivity? Yeah. First of all, it's really important to acknowledge that there are intersections of marginalized bodies too. You know, there's trans fat women. There's all these intersections already. So it's important that we understand that all of these movements to come together under the body positive umbrella is really important because there's many of us who navigate multiple of these identities. Now, what happened is when body positivity kind of started blowing up, I think a lot of people identified with the words body positivity. Mm -hmm. They felt negative feelings about their body. It was interpreted into like this freedom to say, I don't have to have negative feelings about my body anymore. But if justice boiled down to that, then you lose the aspect that for marginalized people, it's not just our feelings about our body that create the world or the, the experiences we have. Yeah. And when we remove the, the discrimination that we feel from people outside of it and we make it only about how I feel about my body, like the individual feels, what happens is 
we lose the political movement. And we silence people who might love their body, but then it still exists in a world where everyone hates it. And it doesn't change the fact that they have a negative experience in their body. And we silence their stories. And we also take away their voice and their platform. Body positivity isn't saying you don't feel negative about your body and you can't feel positive. It's saying that that's not the point. That's maybe a byproduct of what we're doing because we're challenging the thoughts behind why we see bodies in a negative way. Body positivity isn't a band-aid. Like I feel good about my body now. Body positivity is something where we really think about why we think negatively about our bodies and other people's bodies. What has taught us that? Where, how did we get here? Why do we think that our bodies are wrong or broken or bad to begin with? Yeah. And it's going back and questioning instead of fixing it. Yeah, that's why in our motto, we distinguish between body positivity and self-love because mm-hmm. they're truly different and have different goals. Yeah. They can like align, but yeah. they don't have to. So how do we move forward from this? Can we reclaim body positivity from this dangerous kind of bleeding of the edges it's done? Should we try to reclaim body positivity? Is it time to start brainstorming new terms? Is it time to, what's up? (laughs) Give us some guidance. This is the question I've been asking myself for about a year now. It's what I wrote my thesis on. And so you I don't think... have an answer is what I'm, we're saying. I'm asking you to fix it. <laughs> fix it. Please fix it. I know, right? <laughs> like, I think we have two things, you know, we're on, we're mostly online. So it's hard to have that human connection. So it does sometimes boil, like just boil down to infighting and arguing. And that sucks. Like no one wants that, right? Uh, yeah. Trying to show our humanity, asking questions. I wish, I honestly wish more people were talking about this from a educated point of view instead of it just being, and I think there are a lot, I mean, there are a good amount of people, but I think a lot of people cop, they, they don't understand it or like, I mean, the next large group of people on, on, in this movement, like are fat white women. Yeah. So we haven't done the work either to Mm -hmm. really challenge ourselves to understand intersectionality within the movement and how those conversations are important. So you really, in a lot of ways, have to educate from the ground up. So I think, how do we have these conversations? We keep trying and we'll probably fail, but I think we keep the conversation going. It's hard. It's about showing that we, none of us are perfect, but within that giving grace to one another, making sure we're not silencing people in the process. Also, there are hard lines we sometimes have to draw. And I mean, I did that with my thesis. I said, you know, I'm telling you, if you don't have a marginalized body, don't use the hashtag. Yeah, you got, <laughs> and you got a lot of pushback for that. It's like, it's pretty similar to when you're like, white people don't use dreadlocks. And then it's like, yeah. why not? But like, I want to. But like, please. It's, it's just like, about no. privilege. Yeah. Even in spaces when we're talking about marginalization, there's still a level of privileges and people are just like, but it's for me too. It's like, but no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And this, you don't have to have, every space doesn't have to be for you. And at times you have to respect that. So I've, you know, for me, what I'm doing, I'm continuing to share my story. I mean, I think I'm going back to the basics in a lot of ways and just say, this is my experience as a fat woman. And I think I've had to just kind of go back to that and hopefully still like, for me, my Instagram's always been very personal. It's not been a theme of me. It's just been like, this is my life, you know, and I'm going to show it. And, and then I'm going to have conversations that I want to have there that I'm thinking about. So just going back and remembering that that's where there is power and to kind of reach out and continue that conversation. What I see now is I still look around and I see absolutely amazing people still fighting and maybe not fighting for body positivity, but fighting for what body positivity should be about and sharing their stories. And, um, that inspires me to keep going, you know, inspires me to keep talking about my experience and to listen to the experience of others in marginalized bodies. So that's where I am right now. (laughs) 
Well, maybe one of the solutions is if we kind of go back to the roots of it all and start having more in-person slash grassroots things. I'm always, I'm constantly in a virtual space with people who are like me, but it's just so different to be in <laughs> to use my least favorite term in meat space with instead of being, yeah like <laughs> yes. but just to be in real life with it's, yeah. it feels very similar to entering into queer spaces and you're like oh yeah it feels so good to be yeah you know in a place where there's other bodies like mine and other people like me so I wonder if there's a way mm-hmm. we can try to you know create local events and then maybe that will like help create like wider thing of in-person events as a way to kind of reclaim or recenter some aspects of body positivity because being in person with fat bodies is pretty hard to ignore and mm-hmm. like pretty I think it could be yeah. powerful if we figure out what to do with it <laughs> but I think that that whole idea is really important and if you follow Sassy Latte she also lives here in Louisville so do you all follow her yeah oh, of course yeah okay yeah, okay just making sure <laughs> she really wants to start doing things in person and doing like events in um, the neighboring cities around us that are with, like within a drive. But it, it being like getting together, but also educational, also creative, and just celebrating who we are and being around people who who understand us, at least to a certain extent, you know, so. Having fun mm-hmm. and laughing in public. Yeah. Just like the basics of that. It's pretty radical. It's like, radical. Yeah. In public, right? Like going to dinner. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're not allowed to eat in public, right? right. No. <laughs> Oh my god. No, totally. And I find that too when I I have a, one particular friend who I go out with to eat quite a lot who is much larger than I am and when we go out I end up feeling very I'm like who am I going to fight today? Oh my god. Like just because that it's like so obvious even just the difference in marginalization between the two of us where it's like sometimes I'll get looks or like I'll get comments or whatever and she gets them every single time we go out and it's like mm-hmm. wow cuz it's not her job to like educate in those moments but if I could figure out ways to give people tools in in real life to turn those hey I'm here I'm in this space deal with it and and think about it in that way I think that could be really cool even just being there even if you don't have a conversation with someone you're challenging things you know just by being there and how you you are interacting with each other how you're interacting with others the conversations that you're having you know the way that we dress all of these things are really political and and it's kind of amazing and empowering that we can just go out and be seen in the world. And that makes a statement. We have a lot of listeners who will tell us, you know, I'm not fat. I haven't had to think about any of these things, but I want to be a better friend to my fat friends. And I want to be a better person in general. So do you have any just like basic tips? (laughs) I want to be a better person. I'm like, hi, I'm a bad person. Can you teach me how to be good? But no, do you have, um, Um, do you have general tips for people who want to, how can they act out body positivity on a daily basis if it doesn't directly affect them? Like if you have a thin friend, how do you tell them, okay, this is how you can make a difference in the lives of the fat people around you? Yeah. Essentially, how can you be an ally to body positivity without Mm -hmm. centering yourself? Yes. Yeah. Being a good friend, I mean, it's honestly, it comes down to that because how many of us have had friendships where we feel like we've been tokenized or devalued because of our fatness yeah, or because of our body in some way? Make sure and if you only have one fat friend and then everyone else is a thin white woman, like there's some questions you should be asking yourself and making sure that you are honoring that friendship by just being aware of how she sees or they see the world, you know, and I think treating them with dignity and can we do everything that every, every other person can do, like a thin person can do? Not always, but in a lot of ways we can, but it's just about being aware beyond how we make you look or whatever. I think that is going to be different in each relationship, but I think in a lot of ways, it's just about seeing that person as a whole human being and questioning yourself when you make assumptions or when you have negative feelings or when you being aware of where you can intervene when you're in public, you mm-hmm. know, if someone's being shitty. Yeah, I think personally, a lot of the baseline answer of that is communicate about it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of thin people are afraid to do that because 
they still see fat as bad. And so they don't want to be like, hey, you're fat. So mm-hmm. how can I help you? Because they see that as insulting. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, I think the baseline is like, deal with your prejudices about fatness and then communicate about how to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. listen to what you say. There'll be so many things where you'll have a friend who will consider themselves body positive and they'll say stuff like, oh, I had 10 Oreos today. I was so bad. And it's just like mm-hmm. you are creating a space that is no longer like feeling that. comfortable or now I'm feeling, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's just about a lot of the language that we're ingrained to use is fat phobic. And so start yeah. interrogating that, number one. And then I think, yeah, just like Sophie was saying, think about how you're communicating. And think about whether or not you're standing up for the fat people in your life because they are marginalized. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do it when they're not around, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? For sure. And don't say, I feel fat today. I fucking hate that. I hate that so much. What does that mean? Oh, my God. (laughs) We've covered a lot of the problems with body positivity. We've covered the history of it, where it is now, where we hope it'll go in the future. Mm -hmm. So shifting, again, to clarify, shifting from body positivity to self-love. Mm-hmm. want to ask you mm-hmm. what are some things that you like about yourself and like about you your activism mm-hmm. in in this community just give yourself some self-love yeah. on air okay <laughs> I really appreciate that I don't ever settle for the status quo I appreciate that I try to see and challenge the way I see things and if we could get better you know if we what we could make for better about every space that I'm in I like I mean I think I'm pretty cute and (laughs) I don't know I just I'm really honestly blown away every day about the platform that I do have and I'm just I feel very lucky and privileged that I get to interact with people outside of my city and outside of my world you know and my little you know one-on-one people I know in real life world and I'm just really grateful for that and so yeah I can't complain too much (laughs) what is some stuff you want our listeners to go look at that you have created okay so I'm so grateful you all had me on um again my my Instagram account is yours truly Melly at yours truly Melly um, and I also am the founder and I also started Don't Hate the Shake, which is a fun move your body, wiggle, jiggle celebration of our bodies where we dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an account as well. So um, that's also on Instagram. So check both of those out. Other than that, um, yeah, be on the lookout for a Yours True Melly and Sassy Latte event near you. Ooh, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we're so appreciative of you coming on with us. Thank you so much for taking the time in Louisville. Louisville? <laughs> Louisville. It's like you have marbles in your mouth. Like it's Louisville. Like, Louisville. Ugh. Yeah. I hate yeah. the sound of you. You say, to say it. That. It's Louisville. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much, Melly. Yeah. We really appreciate you putting up with her. Oh, I love it. All right. Bye. Stay cool over there. Well, I'll try. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 That was our great talk with Melissa Gibson at yours truly, Melly. Make sure you spell the truly wrong. T-R-U-E-L-Y. I made the mistake several times. She has a Patreon, just like we do, and we've linked all those profiles as well as a bunch of the resources she mentioned in the show notes. You're welcome. Although we don't believe in capitalism, we are looking to sell out, so here's another fake ad. This week, we're supported by our concealer and our daily affirmations. So if you'd like to become a beloved advertiser and support us as well, just contact us via our website. Thanks. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where we ask each other questions relating to our particular experiences in this world that we might not feel comfortable asking anyone else IRL. We'll find out the answer to burning questions like, why do white people like camping? Or what is the Millie Rock? If you're wondering, yes, I am aware this segment is a trap. I'm continually (laughs) avoiding pitfalls. I will fall in at some point. I apologize beforehand. (laughs) I'm 
so excited. <laughs> okay, so April. Yes. I'm extremely white, and you're not white. Correct, yes. Okay, so the question I'm comfortable asking this week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so ready. Is if you can explain to me the difference between weaves and wigs. Okay, so tell me what you think the difference is, and I'll clarify. Okay, basically, I think my question is about uh, ways of attaching to your hair, Mm -hmm. because I think of wigs as like a wig, like in a movie, you just like put it on your head, Mm -hmm. but then you sent me that video where it's like, oh, you can see the track or something at the front, or it's like the the, lace front. Oh, the closure. And I was like, what is that? And then (laughs) I thought a weave was an extension mm-hmm. like i thought weaves is similar to when white girls get extensions where mm-hmm. it's just like uh i actually don't know how you put extensions in i think it's like glued to your hair i have no <laughs> idea what you do but like similar to that where it's like kind of um connected onto your hair mm-hmm. but is do you always take off wigs mm-hmm. well okay here's there's an interesting <laughs> question there so previously a wig was yeah like you're saying just a hat you take it off yeah. you put it back on this new generation of wigs some people sew their wigs in like okay, a yeah weave. this is what i don't know about okay so what i was i think the video i sent you was about a closure so a closure is like the thing at the top of a wig where it looks like a scalp so it looks like your real hair like you get a closure and it has some scalp and it has like the front what of your is hair it made of it's made of lace and... How does that look like a scalp? I don't know. It just looks... It's like some kind of lace that looks like a scalp. Okay. <laughs> it looks like a scalp. You would... This is like what all those amazing women on like Real Housewives of Atlanta are wearing. Okay. And it looks like their hair... That's not any of their hair. Okay. It's incredible wigs. So <laughs> what it is is um, some people get a wig like that. So it has like... I'm saying the lace frontal closure in the front. And then it has obviously hair attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so you can put the wig on like a normal wig and you can sew it on to your hair with braids so like you would cornrow your hair right which is just like very tight braids yeah yeah you like cornrow your hair like vacation braids (laughs) mexico braids what's good not mexico (laughs) braids (laughs) so you braid your hair back then you would put the wig on then you can have someone sew the wig to stay into place if you want to wear it like that but the traditional definition is like exactly what you think a weave is sewn in so i think white girls fuse their weaves in which is different than how black girls do it and i know know you can just wash your hair normally with extensions yeah yeah so so how black women do extensions is again cornrows and then you get a weave track which has like the weft like i I was explaining to this the other day the weft is like the part of the weave where it can be sewn onto braids yeah it looks like um tinsel Oh, okay. It's yes. just like a long string with hair hanging. Yeah, down. yeah, exactly. So people get cornrows. They sew each weft to their scalp, and then you keep it in. You can wash it like normal. Keep it in for a few weeks. But there's also there's so many other types that you don't even know about. I know. So well, it's hard for me to. A lot of videos. I'm learning. I'm trying to. I'm trying to teach <laughs> Sophie about black hair because I'm. I care about her. Thank you. She has one person you can ask. You can ask, and it's me. You're welcome. Um, so, sorry, can you explain a little bit too about like, sometimes like I, I truly am honored by, um, your faith in me, but I Mm. always, uh, disappoint you when you like send me videos and you're like, lol. And then it's like some joke about someone's like hair being bad. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm not sure what part I'm. (laughs) Oh my God. You like, can't tell if it's good or bad. I just don't know. You'll be like, look at how bad this blank word I don't know is. And I'll be like. (laughs) Huh? Good. That means we're getting away with it. Black people, (laughs) we got (laughs) them. Okay, final follow-up question to this. Okay, you know on Real Housewives of Atlanta Mm -hmm. how Kim has, like, her wig line? Yeah. Is it weird appropriation for her to be doing that? Because it's Uh, wigs. It's not, like, cornrows or anything. No, I don't think it is. I think there's a a myth that only black women are the ones getting all into this, like, hair game, which is not true. All of your favorite white celebrities, you've never seen their real hair. You've never (laughs) seen Nicole Kidman's real hair. Come on. (laughs) They're all wearing wigs. Is there weird intra-community stuff about whether or not you wear your hair natural or with stuff on it? Yeah. I mean, some people think if you wear like a straight weave, then you're like aspiring for whiteness and you hate yourself. Some people... in, within the black community think if you have natural hair you're like lazy or you're like poor because it's expensive to Damn. get relaxers but some people think if you don't have natural hair then you're not like real you're not like like down or whatever and you don't actually love yourself and oh, stuff weird. and so I, I personally just think like you can do whatever yeah. you want to your hair for whatever reason I personally stopped 
relaxing my hair in high school because I've been getting relaxers since I was five and I forgot what my hair looked like. Like I was getting to the point where I'm like, wait, what does it actually look like? (laughs) So I cut all my hair off senior year of high school. My mom was livid. She was like, you look crazy. I'm like, no, I'm like trying to find myself. Um, But yeah, my hair grew back in and it's super cute and curly. And I was like, wait, this is way better. And I actually think I look uggo with straight hair like at this point. But I think every, especially black women's allowed to go on whatever journey they want and they should experiment and it's super fun, and you shouldn't feel limited by what you want to do with your hair because you're scared that some dude will be like, you're not down, like, you're not yeah. my Nubian princess because you don't wear an afro. Like, <laughs> I mean, get that out sounds, of my face. I mean, not that it's like, not that I know anything, but it sounds kind of <laughs> like the makeup debate, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it's like, girls, don't be frivolous. Right. Put your nose and in a like, book. it's like, why do you fucking care? Yeah. Let me put on think stuff I think is pretty. It's cute, and it's not about you. Like, yeah. I feel like with black women, it really is like, you think I got a weave to impress some dude? He is, yeah. he's, he can't tell the difference. He has no idea. Just like me. Yeah, just like you. <laughs> Dudes are like white girls. They don't know. It's one of the first things that you learn as a white woman when you start to care about, like, race stuff, where it's like, don't fucking ask about <laughs> black women's hair. Oh, my God. And then you're like, but I want to know. I know. I'm glad you received the that lesson. And I also think YouTube is such a good resource for this. Because, yeah, again, we're having this conversation for the sake of our pod. Please don't go up to your black friends and ask no, them what no, a weave no, is. No. <laughs> we're doing this for, for you guys, and it's super fun. Yeah. And I gave Sophie explicit permission. Yeah. But if you're a white girl and you're like, what's cornrows? Please go to YouTube and watch a Natural 85 video. Do not ask your black friend. She yeah. will hate you. She will talk about you in her group chat with her other black friends. Is that oh what you god. want? That's no. not what you want. No, my god, it's my nightmare. <laughs> you don't want to get dragged, please. <laughs> or like you can not tweet at the show, but you can tweet at me mm-hmm. and I will send you resources yes. that I have gathered. <laughs> I will do some hair education from what I've learned mm-hmm. for other white people. Yeah. You're so welcome. Okay, well, thank you. I'm excited for it to be your question next so I can stop feeling so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she's all fat Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a little shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about the history of body positivity and about hair, just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Victor D. Jackson. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. Bye! Soft open. Don't try to sing the theme song. It's the most annoying thing you do. Oh my god. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.